0: Hello, I'm Pauline Jennings. Welcome to Musician Talk. My guest today is Craig Paquette, lifelong guitarist, singer, songwriter, as well as one of the founding and current members of the Minneapolis-based fan-favorite rock band, Thunderheads. They have been playing music together in one form or another for 40 years. Not many bands withstand this extended test of time, and I think it's due in large part to Craig's kindness and collaborative working style. Craig's brand new solo album, Back Together, is hot off the press, so I thought it would be a great time to talk with him. We'll hear a couple of his new tunes and the fascinating stories behind them. So let's dig in and talk with Craig Paquette. Welcome, Craig, to Musician Talk. I'm so happy to have you on. It's really good to be here, and I appreciate you inviting me. Thanks absolutely, a lot. Absolutely. Um, I know Craig through his brother, who plays with my husband in a band called Jambalaya, and I met your brother, uh, I don't know how many years ago, but I so love him, and I've heard so many great things about you, so this is this is really fun to have you on. So and what we do really because we only have so much time, is we dive right in. And so, if you could take me and our listeners on your musical journey, and kind of take us from maybe when you first started playing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, music is has been really important to me even before I think I can remember. Because there's there's photos of me like when I'm two years old or three year old three years old. There's a photo of me at three. And I have uh, my favorite present was a little red ukulele. And I'm sitting back and my head's up in the air and I'm singing Old McDonald Has a Farm. So, (laughs) I mean, it was from the start. And I remember in kindergarten, you know, I'd stand up and sing. And, you know, so, I mean, there's certain things I don't think we can even help. So, right. So that was, you know, and then when I was little, um, I had piano lessons for a bit when i was about eight years old but i I always liked guitar and then Mm -hmm. uh, i was living in minneapolis i moved to golden valley when i was uh 10 years old and shortly after that i met some kids in the neighborhood um guy by the name of john o'neill who played guitar and his friend that lived across the street brian bard who played guitar and so they like in sixth grade they were playing in a band wow And, and then in sixth grade um bob dylan's brother david zimmerman was our music teacher no always joked that there was something magic in the water maybe it came from him you know so anyway so then we had speaking to my brother bruce um we played in the basement and so bruce sang just like you know just like now i play guitar my little brother who at the time i mean was about you know we were just little kids right and my little brother Glenn, he was probably about eight at the time, he played guitar. And then we had a neighbor across the street that had the cheap little Sears drum set. And we called ourselves The Group. So, you know, and we said, well, the band is already taken, so we'll, we'll be The Group. And so, so you know, we played songs like Gloria, Proud Mary, Eleanor Rigby, you know, some of those kind of things. So moving ahead, when I was in 10th grade, we put together a band and I don't even know if we had a name, but we did play. It was the first time I ever played gigs. We played at some teen clubs, wow. which was so much fun. And and then years went on. When I was a senior in high school, um, there was a mutual friend that introduced me to a guy named Bobby Sinker, who was a drummer. And his parents let us practice in the basement. Cool. And so when I was <laughs> in 12th grade, this was this was the time that I really fell in love with playing in a band and so it was like best friends hanging out in the basement his parents would let us play all hours we could play five six nights a week as much as we wanted and so we did that for you know quite a few years well you know what seemed like quite a few years it was probably a regular thing for you know at least two plus years it was like 1975 when i met bobby sinker but then it was like 1984 i was still playing with the same bass player his name is brad mcdonald and we needed another guitar player, and I just happened to talk to Steve Blackstrut, who was a friend of Bruce's. And uh, we were at a Pat Metheny concert, and he's saying, "Yeah, I'm looking to join another band." I said, "Well, we could use, use another guitar player." So that was we kind of marked that as the start of Steve and I playing together. Which 1984, we're still we're still playing together. I mean, that so mm-hmm. that means like next year it'll be 40 years.
0: Oh my goodness. And so, just, yeah.
1: So, so play. then with Thunder, that we weren't Thunderheads. We had different names. We were called the Opinion, you know, which at the time this was, you know, kind of that type of thing. We played at the Uptown Bar. We played at uh, Williams. And um, we played, you know, we did play quite a few different places. And then that band just kind of developed and we realized we could record an album Um, with, with these guys had met someone. This is about two, 95 or so and this guy had a studio in his basement and that was before the time that everyone you know you could record so this right, seemed like right. a big deal
0: you had to and, go to a studio i mean
1: yeah some demos and things like that but we recorded an album so know. but we said we're gonna we're gonna be an original band now we're you know where this is gonna be cool so we had we had an album out and right away i mean we we got to do an opener at first avenue cool. and you know fine line and so Time goes on and we're playing and, and, uh, then eventually. The drummer, Eric Jacobson, he ended up buying a resort, moved up to Bemidji. And, you know, so how bands go, you know, people come and go. And so jumping ahead, then Eric Jacobson ends up coming back with the band. And so this was maybe 10 years later. So we decided to record another album. You know, things just kept on going. And we ended up doing uh, some headline shows at at First, First Avenue. And then the one thing about the band and us playing at the time is we all had kids, you know, so in certain circumstances, if you're making a record and you're kind of young, you're thinking, Oh yeah, let's get on the road. Let's do all that. But since we all had families, you know, I mean, we were just limited. We'd play maybe in, in St. Cloud or, you know, we'd go up to grandma Ray or we would do those types of things, but we were stuck pretty much to home. But then, um, eventually now my kids grow and I can play more and I can kind of get out and meet more people and do things. And, uh, I'd say a thing that was kind of a, Thing that kind of changed that was kind of a big deal that kind of changed the direction or added to what I was already doing is uh Jim Walsh. He would host these things called the Mad Ripple Hoot Nannies, and so what it was would just it would be songwriters that would get together. You know, maybe be about five of them at the time, and you know everyone would just take a turn playing original songs in front of an audience that was really into the music. I mean, where that was the whole point. And so through that. I met all kinds of other musicians, and so that kind of started these collaborations and you know one thing leads to another and so then, using some of the people I'd met through through the uh through those mad ripple hoot nannies, we started inviting guests and so we'd have a night where um we'd have an op you know so there's people come in that were musician mo- usually mostly original type music, and yeah. they would play a set, and then Thunderheads would play a set. And then we'd collaborate at the end, and we just oh. play some songs. The thing, and it was actually then through that that I was invited by one of the guys that was, was um, that was, was Craig Tykin, who was playing with us at one of those things, and said, "Hey, I'm going up to Sparta Studios. You know, do you know Rich Matson? I'm going. Kind of, uh, you know, kind of, but and then we've never really hung out. And he said, well, "Yeah, we're recording. We're recording up there in a couple of weeks. Why don't you come up there?" So Ooh. I had kind of talked about wanting to. I had some original songs. And I thought, well, this would be the perfect chance. So when I went up there, it was like they were recording, it was a collaboration type of thing. And I just like, man, this is this is it because you go there, you're out, you know, you're you're staying there. It's up, it's in Sparta, which oh. is near um it's kind of up on their Iron Range near Virginia.
2: <clears throat> okay.
1: And so when I went for a walk with Rich and said I got some, I've got uh, some tunes. He's going, "Well, yeah, come on up. We'll make an album." <laughs> and, awesome. And so, so I ended up recording a, an album in 2019 called "Won't Last Forever." And then, you know, with what went on with the pandemic and and all that kind of stuff, um, stuck at home, I started writing more songs. So that's the album that I just finished now. That's, that's the story. I mean, the thing is, is it's thunderhead. It's, it keeps going and it it is so much fun. And, and the, the, the the people have changed most, most of the people except Steve and I, you know, so we've been together, we've got this great relationship, you know, we can, we know each other so well, we can read each other so well. And it's a a good fit. So I feel very fortunate to have someone I've played with for nearly 40
0: years. Yeah. I bet that that's such a gift. And, you know, that you still get along and there's not a lot of drama and, and ego involved is, is, is such a huge gift. It really is.
1: Yeah, I think it's changed. You know, that's one of the things. One of the guys that used to play, uh, the, the, a keyboard player that played in Bill Godin, that played in, in Thunderheads in the original versions and then came back. And, and, and he came and played when we were doing some of these things at, at Studio 2, the Thunderheads and Friends. And he said, well, what happened? People used to be, you know, there used to be egos and everyone was out. He's going, everyone's getting along and and everyone's, you know. And, And so I've thought about, I think it has to do something with, you know, as we get older and hopefully more mature. But I think part of it is too, if you're doing music after all these years, it's because you love it. And the people that were in it because it was cool or because of an ego, I mean, those people probably dropped off. You know, a long time ago. So, anyway, so that's, that's mm. kind of one of my, you know, the favorite things.
0: You know, I, I think about the ego thing too. And, and, and it seems to me sometimes, I mean, of course, there's ego involved with, with really great players, but it seems as a general rule, when you don't have anything to prove, it's not, it doesn't get in the way as much. I, I watch, you know, Steve with the, these bands that he's in and, and, and maybe, like you said, it's just, it's just age. But none of these guys they're all so accomplished and so good they have nothing to prove to anybody, so they have nothing to guard that right. you know, and so much of ego issues have to be come from feeling bad about yourself in some way inadequate yeah. and um and it's it it's just such a beautiful thing. I love that I love watching Jambalaya work together, and I bet it's the oh, same yeah. way um that it is for you in, Thunderheads.
1: Yeah. And I've, yeah, I've got to play with those guys. Some too, you know, I mean, so that's the thing is I would just jump at the chance. That was what Bruce, uh, when they had it, they had a gig and said, Hey, you know, but they have two guitar players. Neither one of them could play. You want to come and join us? Like, (laughs) sure. You know, no, you know, I mean, and so it's just fun just to jump in, you know, yeah, that's very cool.
0: I want to take a step back, Craig. Um, I assume you said you took some piano lessons, I assume that you're self-taught on guitar. Or did you take some lessons?
1: I took some lessons. You know, it started like when I was, I think maybe when I was in fifth grade and it was like that Mel Bay guitar book that any anyone of that era would remember where it's like, nah, 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 you know, and it's reading notes and it's this and that. But I was like, no, I want to play songs, you know, right. teach me some chords. And so, I mean, so then I, I, I did take lessons, for a while. Um, but then really from there, it was just like getting Beatles songs, books and Credence Water, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So the number of lessons I took and, and the number of years, I didn't take that much. And so, and it was before the days where you could have YouTube videos and all right. those things. So so we learn stuff. And then when I get, you know, the friends, like say the friends I was playing with, what I, that I met in 10th grade, we'd sit and we would share stuff. We And, you know, a lot of it was probably wrong, but you know, but it's the way to learn. And, and, and so that was, yeah, that was it.
0: You know, one, I wonder with self-taught people that are self-taught are mostly self-taught. Um, you know, do you learn by learning, just learning songs or do you do the things that you do when you take lessons like, Um, you know, repetitive things like, like scales and all that kind of, uh, all those kind of technical um, learning type of things, or is it just learning songs, learning solos? You learn your scales by learning solos, right? Yeah.
1: Kind of like that. You know, I remember like I, the thing, the guitar, the album that influenced me in my, in my earlier years, like saying going back to when I was in 10th grade and we were, we were huge almond brothers fans. And so like almond brothers at Phil Maurice, you know, we'd lift the needle up and I remember learning like I would, it would be the Dicky Betts solo or the different things, you know. So you'd kind of learn scales through learning that, and and yeah, there'd be some repetitive stuff too. Yeah. But you know, but you know, maybe if I could go back, there's you know, I think a lot of guitar players like me that are self taught, they go back. Well, I'd maybe wanna get a little more formal training and things like that. But you know, what can you do?
0: Right, 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 right. And and you know what, it worked for you. It worked. So. Mm-hmm. So, there's nothing, there's no regrets there. Um, Okay, songwriting, your new album. Uh, First of all, I want to say Thunderheads. What a great name for a band. I love it. Band names are just, I think they're so hard to come up with. It is very
1: hard. And and I know when, you know, I said, when we were coming out with our first album, we say, okay, we're going to, you know, have this new name. And, you know, it's so hard because when you hear them for the first time, it's like, oh, that's not really. And in the end, I tell people, you know, it was the one name that nobody in the, you know, nobody disliked. No one said, oh, no, there's no way. Because usually if someone throws out ideas there's all, and, there, and there's people, you know, no way, we're not going to have that. So we all agreed on Thunderheads. And I think it's proved to be over the years, it's proved to be a, a really good name.
0: So let's turn to this new album. What are you calling it? It
1: is called Back Together.
0: And how many tunes are on it?
1: There's 10 songs on it. And you and- chose
0: from how many?
1: I had other ideas, other song, you know, other, other songs and different ideas of stuff. But these are the 10 that I ended up honing together. And the key to songwriting for me be, has become um, voice memo on my iPhone.
0: Nice. Because
1: any idea I get, you know, whether I can be out for a walk and if I hear a line in my head, you know, all of a sudden, and I can just push record and have that. Or if I feel like there's some kind of a riff or something when I have a guitar, just turn it on. Or sometimes I'll have a song that I have a partial part of it and and then like, oh, this little thing back here can be like the bridge or a chorus or it can, you know, I piece things together.
0: Right. It would go into this other song that I'm working on.
1: And so, okay. right. So the story behind this album and why it's called Back Together, go back to, you know, 2020, we were all stuck at home and so what i started doing just to keep up on my plane um there was a show that was uh it was going to be a pub rock show that you know just it would just be solo. all these people coming and do songs by elvis costello or or um anyway different like british pop and so i learned the song this song by graham parker and that i thought would always be a good one and so a good one to play solo and then it was canceled, you know, it was the first thing it was March of, you know, 2020. Right, right so I thought, well, you know, I learned the song, why don't I just record it on YouTube and then I can just share it to the group. I started doing that most days then. And and then I thought, well, you know, let's start doing some original songs. So, I mean, I had some ideas of some songs and then so that kind of made me really focus on it because if I was going to if I was going to record it it had to be at least somewhat finished. And and going back, I guess your question about song. There were songs I recorded like that that never made it to the album. Maybe a little bit of it ended up in another song. And then um, my grandfather on my dad's side, my my dad's father, he left when my dad was born in 1929 and went out to California. He left the family, and and we knew something some about him. He was a poet. He was, you know, very independent thinking. And we knew and I, we had seen poetry because um at the time that he, he, he passed away in 1970, his wife at the time sent all these letters and, and long handwritten letters. because My dad and him never got together. Wow. You know? And so it's so sad. I mean, I think they both thought, well, the other person and this, part, you know, that he doesn't yeah. want to see me. And, and I'm sure they would have gotten along so well. I mean, and it back in those days, it was like hush, hush. You don't want to talk about it. It right. was taboo. Right. And so, um, so we learned some just about from these letters and she included some po- poems that he had written and that he was published. Well, we knew that he had a book that had been published, but of course it was out of print. But my daughter online found it. Wow. In in uh, in this bookstore in, in L A, and it was called Detour to Destiny, published in 1940. So I ordered it and got a really good copy, and it was a copy that he had given to someone, and so it had his you know little note to that person and his signature. Wow. And so I started just getting. I mean, this is like a lost world, and I nice. you know, start reading it and going through these, and some of these songs, I'm like feeling
0: music. Some of the poems you're feeling some of the poems yeah, yeah
1: yeah and so I then started like taking bits of you know you can't just take a poem and, and make it into a song because they're written totally different right but I started taking bits of some of the things and and writing them down and making all these notes and then I started piecing them together and 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 turning them into songs. And so I mean it. It just gave me this this feeling, and I was like I was on a mission. So four of the songs that are on this album are ones that I did that way, including um, there was a rose, the one of the songs that we'll hear, and uh, and so back together, the cover of the album is the only picture that we know of, or the only picture we have of my grandmother and my grandfather together.
0: Oh, that is and and great. so back together.
1: Oh was a song that i wrote that was kind of about what i was going through and the feelings that i was having as i was doing all this stuff so so that's really finding that book i mean i'd already written some songs but i really wasn't well on my way to recording an album it was just like you know writing some music but then that kind of pushed me ahead and then and so that's kind of what what how that all happened
0: Oh Craig, that is such a cool story. That is so cool. And we'll listen to There Was a Rose a little later yeah. in the show, but we're gonna yeah. start with a song called Too Late. This is the first song on the album. Yep. Yeah, let's take a listen to it. Um before we do that though, let's go through the musicians involved on the on on the song.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> on Too Late. Okay, I'm singing. I play acoustic guitar, I play the 12 string <laughs> Rickenbacker, and then Rich Matson, who is his, his is Sparta Studio. He's playing bass guitar on this, and then he's also playing the lead guitar. It's the, it's the one song that he plays lead guitar on because we were so excited when we recorded it. And then <laughs> Steve Lextrud plays electric guitar and, and backing vocals. Uh, Keeley Lane plays drums. Al Oikri is playing organ. Colleen Martin-Oak is doing vocals. And uh, Bill Boyce is uh, Thunderhead's drummer. He's, he's playing percussion on it.
0: So let's take a listen to Too Late, an original by my guest today, Craig Paquette. It's from his album of originals called Back Together. Pauline Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. You just heard "Too Late," an original by my guest today, Craig Peckett. First of all, I love I love the song. It's um, it's nostalgic yet modern. You know what I mean? There's 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 so much nostalgia in there. It sounds like a lot of bands that I really love listening to, probably in my 20s and 30s, and and now, and but yet it doesn't sound dated. So, um, really great job with that. Oh, thank you. Really thank cool. You. The effect on your voice, I'm not sure if it's doubled or, or what you did with it. I love it. it sounds Yeah, we, we doubled it. Yeah. yeah. There's so much going on in this song. I mean, there's just a lot and yet you can hear everything. So great job on engineering too and finding pockets for and frequencies for everything to just sit and not get messy. It's it's really, I love the song. It made me smile for the whole thing. So. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you. Great Thank yeah. you. Tell me more about it. A little bit more and then we have to move on. The original idea of it I was thinking about the
1: moment that I decided to make the move for my wife <laughs> way <laughs> back. When. So, so we would known each other for maybe five months and we and I think we both knew we would be, you know, we, we were a, a, a really good fit. But of course, when you're like she was 19, I was 21, 22. But finally, I made that decision and it's like, OK, enough is enough. And so that's what this song about, Too Late, you know, so so that was my original thought on it. But of course, as now 64 year old me, Too Late has a whole other, you know, a whole bunch of other things that it is, you know, let's get stuff done here while we can. And, you know, it's good advice for myself. It's probably good advice for everybody. You know, if you if you wait too long, you know, give up on it, you know, miss an opportunity
0: and it, it may never come back. Exactly it's a great reason to not start things that you want to do because ah oh, it's too late i can't do it anyway and and it kind of allows you to play into your fears of of starting something new too it's a good excuse but it's not right. Yeah, valid yeah.
1: <laughs> Right and the fear i mean back then it was like the fear of being you know thinking oh we would be great together but you know but maybe i'll be put down you know maybe right. you know <laughs> maybe right. so anyway and that's everyone's fear you don't want anyway so yep. Exactly
0: exactly yeah. Let's move on to our quote. This is, um, I picked one from Tom Petty. The the quote is, music is probably the only real magic I have encountered in my life. There's not some trick involved with it. It's pure and it's real. It moves, it heals, it communicates and does all these incredible things. That's Tom Petty. And I love this quote because we're all looking for a little magic and you know what? It's right there. It's in the music, I think. What What do you think when you when you hear that quote?
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it, that quote is on so many different levels, you know, because there's so many different magic. I mean, I remember the first time I, I heard a guitar just strum live, you know, there was um, it was my my dad's uncle's daughter. They were staying at our house and she was, you know, so at the time I was probably about maybe eight and she was in high school. And I thought, and she brought her guitar along, and I just remember sitting up in my parents' bedroom while she, and it was just like you know, there's that, that the magic was there, I, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and so, and then you know, you think about if you're out and and you're listening to music, and some, and all of a sudden you feel your your hair tingle, you know, right. that's, that's music magic, you know, and it, right. it doesn't, you don't get, I don't know of anything else that that can happen quite like that. And then, you know, and then it's it's the mix of it can happen if you're just playing by yourself. I mean, if I come up with some idea and I'm like, oh wow, this is you know, where did that come from? But then, you know, really the next level is when you're playing with people and then you feel that magic with the people that are there listening. And it doesn't have to be a huge crowd. You know, when it's a huge crowd, of course that's you know, that's even better. Right. But I've you know, we've all played in shows when it's, you know, it's, there's not that many people there, but if there's a few people that you've locked into that are into it and you can just see that you're communicating and that's that communication is, is the music, Matt, you know, that's the magic of music is is that communication that just happens because you're, you're feeling the same thing.
0: Right. Right. And the feeling I, uh, I was just thinking too of how evocative music is of memories and uh, emotions of memories of emotions and how does that work? How does that happen? That, you know, that, that you song know, and it takes me back to high school and the feeling I had when I listened to that song a bazillion times, then that's magic.
1: Yeah, the history of my life is memories of uh, music at a certain, I'll say, oh, you know, I remember when I was, when I heard that song. For, I mean, it, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm crazy about that. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> that's that crazy. that's the history of my life. I can tell you what song I heard or, you know, any, yeah, it's, it that's, that's pretty, that's very cool.
0: Very cool. And I, what's funny on our, on the outline that I sent you, I said, what does the music of magic mean to you? And of course I'm, I meant to say, what does the magic of music mean? But when you put it the other way, it's pretty cool too. The music yeah. of magic Yeah. So that there's the, if there's this thing magic that it's musical in and of itself. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a yeah. little metaphysical, but, uh,
1: But it's it it works. I mean, you know, and it works on all. I mean, I just saw Bruce Springsteen the other day. And I mean, talking about someone who knows how to how to make music magic and his people, you know, you can have a crowd of 18,000 people. He's got this huge band. But then for a couple of songs, he's down to just himself. You could hear a pin drop because of that. You know, that's magic. That's magic. One can have everyone's attention to be able to just all of a sudden silence and everyone is listening to the same thing at the same time.
0: And yeah. Yeah. Wow. Magical. Uh, Craig, we have to move on here. I'd love to talk about magic and music forever, (laughs) but uh, we need to move on. We're going to listen to this next song. Um, there was a rose, which was prompted by the book of poetry that you found of your grandfathers. And so we know the story behind the song a little bit, um, and I assume it's pretty much the same musicians involved. Was there anybody different on this song?
1: I think just thinking about it, the only difference is, is Al Oikri is playing lap steel guitar on this one now. He's playing, Does he, cool. he playing on this album? He's, he's a multi-instrumentalist. He, he's, he's probably best known for being in the Big Woo
0: Oh you know, sure, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to say anything more about this song? Maybe, maybe the specific poem of your grandfather's it, that kind of prompted this.
1: Yeah, this poem. It was called "Tell Her That You Saw Me," which is actually it's the name of the poem, but it's actually the first line. This was probably the poem that I took the most from a single poem. It was a pretty short poem. And then there was another poem that had some stuff I thought was really good, and then I used some of my own lyrics for it too. I, I picture this song is something that he was thinking of my grandmother and my dad, Aww. you know, and yeah. and you know, you know, he there there was probably others he was thinking of too.
0: <laughs> but, no, 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 no. He was thinking of your grandmother <laughs> and your father. But Definitely. it is the we most
1: <laughs> sentimental. I mean, this one, yeah, Aww. this one. This one, when I when it, when I did it and and finished it and, and heard it played and you know even just on the voice memo because I pretty much had it down, it definitely brought tears to my eyes. It was oh. you know it was very emotional.
0: And it's yeah. emotionally it's emotionally performed, so it, it's a very very touching song. Uh, let's let's do it. Let's take a listen to "There Was a Rose" from "Back Together," an album of originals by my guest today, Craig Paquette.
2: There was no frown A few fresh wrinkles
0: Talk, and I'm your host, Pauline Jennings. My guest today is Craig Paquette. You just heard a recording of his original tune called "There Was a Rose." He has a new album out called "Back Together," and we were we we're going to talk later about where you can find that. As I said, it's a beautiful song. It's so touching. It's just really sweet song, and I love 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 the full harmonies that you have going on in this song. It's just yeah, yeah. That's Steve
1: good. and Colleen. I was mean, so so good to have Colleen saying. I think on my last album, she sang on backing vocals on everyone but one. I mean, so she's an important part. And then on on this one too. And then Steve, Steve and I, I mean, that's, we harmonize. That's a big part of of Thunderheads. And and especially when we, when we do the duo, it stands out. So, so yeah, Steve and Colleen and I, that's why when we decided to, you know, we have a Thunderheads trio, it's, it's the three of us, because we, you know, can have these harmonies and it's singing, my original songs, Steve's original songs, plus, you know, covers too. So, but yeah, it's yeah. the harmonies. I love harmonies.
0: I, I I do too. That's the only kind of band I want to be in is if I have a lot of harmonies and I, the band that I was in, it was kind of two leads, you know, singing. Harmony would be just as loud as melody in most of our the songs that we did. Um, what I love about working with somebody for so long is that you learn how to sing vowels the same. Your consonants are the same. You end end things the same. You can read each other how you're going to scoop a note. It it just becomes second nature to each other so that you match and your blend is so wonderful. And you can hear that in this song, the experience that you guys um, have had together. That's great. Oh, thanks. So best gig, worst gig. What (laughs) you got for me? Well, you
1: know, each era has those gigs that you think, you know, like when I was in that band when I was in high school, we played at the People's Center, you know, it's a party that shouldn't have been, that type of party should not be allowed for high school kids. <laughs> but man, did we have fun and you're playing in front of, I mean, so, you know, but, but we'll move. I mean, it, it can't be, that's, it's not that. um when when
0: you you say that was one of your
1: best you know i'm just thinking i was because when i got the question i'm thinking back to what you know throughout the years some of my most memorable things and And i think
0: playing for a bunch of your peers when you're in high school you're a rock star on the stage there's not much that beats that really
1: oh it's 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 very cool yes (laughs) and so and and then of course with thunderheads we opened from when our first album came out. We we you know right after that we sent it into, and I think it was maybe Bruce that that brought it down to First Avenue, and we got this right after got this opening for to play with Merle Saunders. So that gig, wow. you know, we were the opener and there was another band, new Sun union that played that. We knew those guys that do us by coincidence. They were playing. So of course, when we played, it was, you know, early and there, you know, people are aren't kind of milling about it. It wasn't. So we played it at first Avenue was a headliner. A number of years later, my biggest fear was the, the, the thing will, the, the curtain will lift and everyone, no one will be, you know, whatever. Right, so it was, no one will be there. And we got to do that several, we got to play there like that three times. Okay, those are all great. Um, when I did my release show for, um, for my last album, that was at the Hook and Ladder. I mean, it was fantastic. It was a collaboration. All the people that played on the album, Thunderheads played. Um, and, you know, there's musicians that I've, idolized most of my life or that you know all that so and i was any one of those but then i remembered and this is the one okay so here's here's the one so um we were we would used to do thunderheads reunion shows because we'd had you know through the years after all we had all these different players and we really? we'd often we would do them at the parkway theater but then i think maybe it was between ownership and and so we were going to do one in 2017 at famous dave's the the Uptown one that's since closed, which was a great room, a big room. Yeah.
0: Ooh, it was great stage. Yeah. It yep. was, it was a really
1: cool. So we were going to do it there. Okay. So Steve Black's room, about a year before that started to have these cognitive issues. Oh no! And I mean, it was, and he, it wasn't diagnosed. I mean, even though you go see the doctor and, and it got progressively worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse about two and a half weeks before that show, he is fi- he so bad. He finally gets in to give him an MRI. And it turns out that he had like a non-malignant tumor, but it was the size of a small fist. It had been growing Ugh. and putting pressure on his brain. So, Ugh. so anyway, so of course, what do we do? Well, the show must go on. Well, let's turn it into, you know, like I well, I don't want to call it a benefit, but let's, you know, let's do this for Steve. And, yeah. and so we had Colleen, she came Eddie Baumgart, um, Al Oikry, who you know who we, we we'd known from before, Lindsey Payne, who plays in Colleen, then a friend Kevin Thayer, and then we had uh, Bill Godin, that used to be our keyboard player and his son plays saxophone, and Eric Jacobson, who used to be our old drummer, and anyway, so we had all these people, plus the current the guys that were the current members at the time, Bill Boyce, Don Blue, and my oh, of course my brother Bruce. And so we put together kind of this last, you know, last minute thing, this big group of people. Mm. And we just kind of rotated around and played. So this is just two weeks after a surgery, Steve comes, he's at the show and midway through the show, he comes up and he sings harmony. He comes up and sings harmony. And then he had brought his guitar and we played some, we played some songs, you know, he joined in on some songs and guitar and talk about, Magic, music, the music, the magic of music that night, that room was just it was it was like something that I mean, all these other shows and everything is, is fantastic because that this was this was something else. And uh, a friend, uh, Michael Hardwick, he documented it. He took some fantastic photos. And I know he told me afterwards that he said the magic in that room was like, you know, he it was it was you know, off the charts and, and it was what we were feeling, but it was anyway. So that is my number one favorite gig because it just had so many things. And, and, and obviously since then, now it was from 2017, Steve is, 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 in, you know, doing great and, okay. and, you know, we continue to okay. play and, and so, you know. That's my top gig.
0: You know, it's like, um, it's like not only the magic of music was in that room, but the magic of love. I mean, because you guys oh, yeah. were there because you loved yeah. Steve. And, and, and it so- was jam-packed.
1: It was just, wow. it, was, it was a jam-packed room and, and it was just, yeah, one of those things. Yeah.
0: Wow. That is great. I hate to follow that up with the worst gig.
1: Well, yeah. So <laughs> the worst gigs, I was thinking back to, we. it was a friend's wedding, a brother of a friend's wedding and it was the mother-in-law that oh. – we. anyway, I, I, I it, we ended up didn't even finish the gig because she's like, can't you boys play anything nice? <laughs> and, and so the next thing I can picture us, you know, like sitting, you know, you know, on our gear going, wow, that was too bad. You know, that didn't go well, I guess. But the one that comes to mind, um, worst gig – Panic? I'm going to use the word panic. We've made it through the gig and all that, but okay, this goes way back to the days that we were practicing in the basement of my friend's house at Bobby Sinker when I first, when I was in high school. With those
0: wonderful parents who let you do that.
1: the parents, I mean, definitely. I mean, we can't say enough how how important uh, they were, yes, to to the whole, to to me even to this day. But so it was, we had a lead singer at the time and the lead singer was about, and he was older than us. We were like 16 and 17 and he was probably in his, he was in his early 20s. And so we got this gig. It was actually some people that I know's church and it was the best, by far the best paying gig we'd ever had. And, (laughs) and so, but you had to sign a contract, you know, there's going to be no foul language in the songs or between the songs. Absolutely no alcohol, you know, blah, 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 all these things. And then we had to sign it, you know, this and that. So we go to load up our gear and it's like, where's our lead singer? you know, oh my gosh, where, where is he? He's not here. And this is before cell phones or I anything. Mean, so somehow we figured out that uh, he was out at a bar. He <laughs> no. was, and so we have to go pick him up on the way to the gig and we get there mm. and, and get him and he's there and he, he comes, and he's going, oh, my, oh, my friend's going to come with too. And so his friend is, he's gotten, dark glasses, a trench coat, and like slick back black hair. (laughs) Oh, no, he looks dangerous. And we go out to the, and so we're just like, oh, no, there's no way this is going to work. You know, they're (laughs) going to kick us out. We're not going to get paid. So we go to the gig. We get set up. And what does his friend do? But he puts a chair right in front of the stage. The stage was raised like maybe three or four feet, right in the middle (laughs) of the stage on the floor and just sat there looking up at us. In between the break, of course, they're out in the parking lot. And we're like, no, no, no. So anyway, so that was the worst gig. We made it through. We got paid. Uh, it was the last gig he played with us. And I guess the good news is from there, I, that's when I started becoming a singer, a lead singer. But yeah, so that was that would be my story of the worst gig. But it, it, it turned out we made it through. But it was the scaredest I ever was playing. Right.
0: Like the whole gig. I'm sure. It was yeah. Like oh, yeah. what is going to happen? What's he going to say? That's a great story. And I'm glad that it, it turned into you becoming a singer because I love your voice. And that is just so great. And to wrap up, we have to wrap up. Um yeah. Let's find out where people can find your music and um your schedule.
1: Okay. So the music. So my new album is just came out this past weekend. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's on Bandcamp. And if you just search Craig Paquette, you can find it. And um, that's you can find
0: P A Q U E T T E. Yes. Okay. Yep. Thank
1: yeah, you. you can find that. And then Thunderheads, our um, our album that we had in uh, that came out in two thousand six. Uh, that's that's on Apple Music. It's I think it's on Spotify too. So if people want to look that one up. And okay. then also I I just got um, I just got a message or I got an email that the CDs that for this album are are on it's their way. So I should have those for those few people that have CD players,
0: but, exactly. you know. Exactly. Nice to have something physical in your hand.
1: Yeah, and then you can find us at thunderheadsmusic.com It's got our entire music schedule on it. So people can find our, our all of our gigs on there and and we you know, we stay pretty busy. The big one that I want to announce though is the release show it's going to be july 8th at the parkway theater in minneapolis oh, right. and i just so happen I'm, I'm going to kind of push the idea that it's my 65th birthday of that month too so why not you know celebrate that and music and so for that it's going to be what i call craig and the spar tones which the spar tones are what i call the band because it's sparta sound so all the people nice. that played on the album plus thunderheads will play uh, uh, and then there's a uh, there's a woman that um, Al Oakley who's you know playing at this. He does shows with this woman um, from Nashville called uh, Caitlin Nicole Thomas, and it just so happens in July they're going to be playing shows all over Minnesota. So she's going to play a set there too. Oh, cool! So it could be, be a really good time.
0: And yeah. it's July eighth at what time? Seven thirty folks put it on your calendar july 8th okay craig we gotta go thank you so much this was fun you have some great oh, yeah. stories um it was really great to get to know you a little better
1: all right well once again thanks for having me and and say hi to that husband of yours we love playing with him oh, thank yeah. you so much take care all right, all right. We'll see you bye Bye-bye.
0: many many thanks to craig for sharing his wonderful new music and great stories with us today Thanks always to Wendy Nordquist and to you, dear listener, for tuning into Musician Talk on The One, KYMN. Have a stellar day.